Welcome to Behind the Black Curtain, an inspiring podcast that follows the story of Nikki Rowland's incredible journey. Join Nikki as she inspires other single women and single moms to be courageous and continue to persevere through their own life journey. Together, we will learn from Nikki's success and struggles as we create a tribe of women committed to finding freedom from their past, purpose in their present, and unlocking the potential for the future. Welcome to Behind the Black Curtain. Hey everyone, welcome back to Behind the Black Curtain. It's your girl, Nikki. And before we even dive into today's story time, I just want to take the time to tell you guys, thank you so much for the feedback, for everyone that's reached out to me, everyone that has just let me know how impactful episode one was for you. I greatly appreciate it. Um, you guys could be rocking with anybody else right now, could be listening to anybody else or anything else, but you chose to hang out with me. So I want to let you know that I don't take it for granted. And I appreciate you guys so much for being on this journey with me. Okay. So with that being said, y'all, we are on episode two. I'm so excited, still nervous, but very much excited. And after the first episode, I left you guys with a little teaser and I was just telling you like, hey, come back because the relationship with me and my ex-husband is very much cordial right now um, and we are some civilized human beings with each other, but it wasn't always like this and I find it to be important to share the other side of this story for anyone who may be going through a divorce or you have had children with someone and you're now trying to navigate this co-parenting life. Um, some of us, we're able to do it pretty easily. And a lot of us, there is a lot of bumps in the road before you can get to a point where you feel like it's smooth sailing and y'all can even be in the same room together, <laughs> much less living together. So I want to share my story and I'm going to share the lessons that I've gained from this in hopes that it helped you. So again, it wasn't always this good, right? Um, after we decided to separate, there was a lot of strain in the relationship with me and my ex-husband. And I want to, I just want to start with the breakdown of the marriage as far as us deciding to separate and what happened after that. I mean, prior to that, you guys, it's just like any other relationship that we all get into where we're in love, we're in la la land, everything is great, everything is beautiful. In our eyes, this person can do no wrong. And life is great, right? When people decide to divorce or separate, it's because they are no longer in la la land. And <laughs> even though that is a very much fake place, um, it's, be, you know, when we decide to separate from this person, it's because we feel like we can no longer do life with them, right? And so we had gotten to that point. There were so many things that had happened over the years, um, so many things to cause uh, distrust and things that were done that caused me to just not feel confident as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, feel insecure with myself, uh, the way I looked and what I had to offer. And I'm not going to sit here and pretend or try to come off as if I'm completely innocent. 
Um, there were parts of me as well that needed to grow up and mature. I mean, I came into a marriage in my early, early 20s. Um, and I went into this marriage with so much baggage from childhood and hurt and pain and so on and so forth. So that alone, that alone dictate the type of person that I chose to be with, right? Um, our history, our background, our experiences play a huge role in the people we are attracted to or who we attract or who we decide to be with. Um, so there were a lot, you know, there were a lot of things that, that I came along with that needed to be worked on and needed to be healed. And honestly, had these things already been worked on, um, the marriage probably would have never happened. I will be honest with you guys. But anyway, nonetheless, we we were in a happy place at one point. Um, there was a lot that happened in this marriage that, again, just caused this great divide. And that even when I was like, hey, let's just try to let's try to start again. Let's try to make this work. You know, like, let's move on from the things that happened in the past and make this work. That probably lasted like a month. Um, he was already at the point where he was disconnected. I mean, he said, yeah, let's work on it. But you know, when you're with someone that it's hard to even get them to take you out on a date night. <laughs> uh, yeah. And y'all are in the same house together. It's just like, okay, you know, the interest wasn't there. Um, and there was just a lot of hurt on my end. Again, you know, just as a woman, I will say this as a woman, when you are with a man, um, especially if this is someone that you're living with, this is your life partner. Yeah, we're not supposed to find our identity in this other person. But let's be honest, how they view us and how they show up for us plays, it still plays a huge role. And so when you are feeling unattractive, um, when it comes to this person and you're feeling unwanted, it is a very painful space to be in. And so I, it had gotten to a point where I honestly felt like I was a single mom. Um, you know, he would do his own things and I, the priority was to hang out with his friends and do things with his friends instead. And um, work extra long hours. And I, I just, I was in a very rough place. I was in a place where I'm trying to figure out, you know, what my worth is, because now it seems like I'm worth nothing. Um, I do have people on the outside saying like, oh, you're so beautiful and you're, you're this and you're that. And oh my gosh. But my husband wasn't saying these things to me. I wasn't getting this from my husband. And so that played a huge role in how I viewed myself. And it was very crushing. It was crushing my self-esteem. It was crushing how I showed up. It didn't matter what anybody else had said to me. It didn't matter how much anyone else was praising me. I wasn't getting that from the person that I was married to. And again, I started feeling like I was a single mom. Our oldest son would start saying things like, dad, you should tell mommy that she's beautiful and you should take mommy out on a date. And, you know, the, the kids started noticing certain things and that bothered me. Our daughter would say she had came to me one day and she was just like, mom, I just want you to know that if you decided to get a divorce, I wanted you to know that I would be okay. And I looked at her like, why would you, like, what would make you say that? And she's like, I just want you to know, I don't want you to think that you have to stay 
because of us, y'all. That is so heartbreaking. And <laughs> pause the story to say this. Children are very smart, okay? <laughs> Our children, they notice, they pretty much notice everything. You think that they don't. Adults think that they're so slick and they're so smooth with what they're doing that kids can't pick up on what's going on. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. I have to say that it's the furthest thing from the truth. And I hear this comment being made all the time and it makes me cringe. And because it comes typically from people that don't have kids or people that are so used to being in toxic environments or they don't have the strength to leave that they use this as a reason to justify it. And that comment is, children are better off in two-parent homes. <laughs> children in two-parent homes are healthier beings, okay? That is such a blanket statement. It's just like... I'm, to an extent, yes. If it is a healthy two-parent home where both people, this is a healthy, loving family environment, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. But when it is a two-parent home where there is toxic behavior, there are certain things that these children are seeing that is not healthy, no, they're not better in that environment just because there's two people there. And I feel the need to stress that because I grew up in a two-parent home that was very toxic. I grew up seeing abuse. I grew up hearing the cursing, the yelling, seeing the front door being broken down. That was a two-parent home. There is, there's no way that you can tell me that being in an environment like that is healthier than being in a single parent home where there's possibly going to be more peace. You can't tell me that. And so I just had to insert that there because I get triggered whenever I hear this. Um, it's like, if you're going to say that, I'm going to need you to back it up with some other stuff. Okay. Don't just throw that out there. But anyway, with my children saying this, it really bothered me. Because again, I came from a very unhealthy home environment. And one thing that I've always said was, I don't want to raise my children in environments like that. I want my home to be be filled with peace. I want my children to want to come home. I want them to know that they're loved. I want there to be peace in the home. I want them to feel like this is home for them. Because I'm going to be honest with you guys, when I was a child, um, especially like in junior high and high school, I would sign up for activities like choir and being on a step team just so I could have a reason to stay out a little bit longer and not come home yet. And I know this is going to be painful for some people to hear, but it's, it is my truth because I could feel the tension when I would walk through our door or there would be times I'm just afraid to go home because I don't know who's going to be angry. I don't know what's going to be said to me, what the treatment's going to be. I, d I don't know. And so for me, signing up for choir, signing up for a step team, just doing things where I knew there was going to be like after school practice 
that was my, that was my peace. That was my safe haven. And I, I knew that I never wanted my children to, to feel like that. I want, I want you to want to come home. I want you to be excited. You know, I want, when you step in the home, you feel loved. You want to be there. That's what I wanted. So anyway, with them saying these things to me, it really bothered me. And I'm like, yeah, no, I can't. I cannot raise my children like this. They're seeing like mommy's not happy. They're saying like, daddy, you need to take mommy on dates. You need to treat her like a queen. So they're seeing like daddy's not stepping up like he should. Mind you, nobody's saying these things to these kids, right? Like, again, children are so smart. Children are so smart. And instead of us like, trying to push it aside and act like they don't get it. They very much get it. So now when you know that they get it, okay, well now what are you going to do to make sure that your children are growing up in a healthy, safe, and peaceful environment? What are you going to do? Are you going to ignore what you realize that they're noticing? Or are you going to make changes? And for me, I'm like, I'm making changes. So I was already feeling all the fields of like not being wanted and just insecure and just unhappy and sad and alone in a marriage. And then to have my children say this, I'm like, yeah, I need to end this. And this decision was not one that was like, oh, I am ready to be a single mom. I got this. It was nothing like that. There was so many thoughts that ran through my mind. Like, how am I going to take care of these kids on my own? Because he's the breadwinner. He is the breadwinner here. You know what I mean? Like, I I had just started working as a personal trainer. But for years, I wasn't working. He took care of the home. And so, you know, when I became a personal trainer, like, you have to build your clientele. You don't just start making money like that. Not just that. I am working at a gym. Y'all, them gyms don't pay these trainers anything. They may charge you a bank role, but the trainers are really getting paid pennies. Um, and so I was just, all of that went into thought like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And how am I going to afford this? And, you know, the lifestyle is definitely going to change. I can't take them on trips like we've been going on and I can't do all these things. But I sat down and for me, it was like, okay, so what is more important to you? having a certain lifestyle and being able to show up and show people that you can do certain things because you have this money to do it or a piece in your home because baby, you can rebuild. And that's what I said to myself, like, girl, you can rebuild. And so that's where I made the decision. I'm like, I, one, I have one daughter, <laughs> one daughter, right? And I have my boys. And what I knew was I was trying to set an example for them of what, of how you should be treated. Not only how you should be treated, but how you should treat someone else in a relationship, right? So I wanted to show, I wanted to be an example to my daughter of like how a man should treat you. And for my boys, it's how you should treat a woman. And for me, the, the example that was being set in that home was a very poor example. And I didn't want either, either one to grow up believing like, okay, um, when you're with a man, it is okay to 
be with someone that doesn't really want to be with you because at least your bills are paid. Or, you know, for my son, I didn't want him to look at it like, you know, yeah, you can have a wife and kids or whatever, but it's also okay for you to not really be bothered with them because your wife is going to take care of the home and you can go out and do your own thing. Like these examples were not it for me. No, they didn't look like what I grew up in, which was very um, physically abusive and so on. But still, it wasn't healthy for me. And I, I when I tell y'all I'm doing my best to break off anything that I had a hard time with as a child, I am very much serious. So I decided, okay, um, girl, you don't have to start over. <laughs> and I'm thinking like, this is going to be hard, but you know what? I got this. Like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get a job doing this. Like you're making all the plans. Right. And so I go to him <laughs> And I'll never forget this day. I was already like, there was, again, there was tension in the house. Like we both were unhappy. We both were unhappy. Um, and so I remember it was the day he was watching a game. I believe it was a football game and I was in my bedroom and I just, you know, you know, when you get to the point where you're just like, I just can't do this no more. I just cannot. I can't fake the funk. I don't want to fake the funk. I, I want I just want out. So I get up out of my room and I go and I walk into the living room and he's just watching a game and I just sat on a couch next to him and I was like, I want a divorce. And he looked at me and he said, okay. And I got up and I walked back to my room. Like, in real life, that's what happened. And I'm, I'm like laughing at it right now because I'm like, yo, this is wild. It was just, it was very much that casual, but that's where, you know, like this was done. This, this, this relationship was, it was, it was already finished. It was just, both of us was just sitting there. I guess neither one wanted to pull the trigger. Right. Um, and then uh, at some point he got up and he came to me. He was like, I can go move over to my mom's like right now. Like he was ready to pack up and just be gone like right then. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. So like, we're going to figure this out. Like you need to help me with these bills that, you know, so on and so forth. Um, So he stayed in the home for some months um, after we decided that. But at that point he was already dating and whatnot. Um, eventually when he ended up moving out of the home, um, you know, he moved in with this woman he was seeing and her kids. But prior to that, we had had conversations, you know, I was like, okay, let's figure out what child support is going to be because I did not want to go through the court system. Anything that has to do with courts, uh, the law, I, I don't, I don't want to be bothered if I don't have to be, I don't want y'all in my business. I don't want y'all in my business. And I just felt like as two mature adults, this is something that we can have this conversation. We can come to an agreement and we can keep this between us. And so we came up and we agreed upon an amount and I'm like, okay, so he's going to get this amount. I'm going to be working. Like I can, I'm figuring out how I can balance all of this, right? Paying these bills and so on. Um, he moves out and I think I only got one check from him. I'm going to give him two. But I really think it's one. <laughs> and 
And after that, I wasn't getting anything else. Every time I'm like, hey, so where's the check? Oh, like I didn't work that many hours. I didn't do this. It was There was always an excuse, right? And I'm just like, okay, this is not going to work. Um, after a while, I was like, I'm just going to go have to go file because I'm, I'm blown with how did you move in with someone and her kids and y'all are out here taking trips, but I can't get this check for the, for our kids so I can keep a roof over our heads. Right. Like, you know, the money that I make and I, that's my hand. Like I, I was forced, my hand was forced and I had to go ahead and I went ahead and filed. And I'm going to tell you guys this, it took some years before I got one check do you understand me? I need to just put that out there for everybody that thinks that women just be running to the courts to get these child support checks and we're just out here balling. We just getting everything like that's not how this works. That was not my reality. Maybe if you have children with a baller, but that's not who I had kids with. So that's not my reality. And so, um, I was not, I filed, but was not getting anything, okay? It eventually got to the point where I am now suffering. Y'all, the same situation that I'm in now where it's like all doors are closed. No, there's no door opening for me. There's everything I've tried, I'm applying to, I'm doing. Nothing is being open. That was what was happening during that time. Um, there was so much tension between us during this time. Like he would come and get the kids and he would get them like every other weekend and, you know, be like six o'clock on Friday and then bring them back six o'clock on Sunday. Um, but he, I don't know, he would start showing up with like these funky little attitudes or like come inside the house and want to, you know, talk to me crazy. And I was just like, oh, no, we're not doing that now. I used to be that girl where you come to me talking sideways. When I tell you I will drag you for filth. My mouth was reckless. I used to be that girl. But. During this time, there was a maturity that had already kicked in, right? <laughs> and again, my children and their peace was my priority. So what I did not want was for my kids to be in the middle of some disgusting, off-the-wall, toxic battle. It was already painful enough that now your parent, my parents are separated. I'm going to go see my dad every other weekend. I have to hear, you know, his thoughts about my mama and then come home to this. And, you know, it. they were already going through a lot. I was not about to add to that by being out here telling them how much I can't stand their dad or trying to cuss him out every time I saw him. So when he would show up, I did my best to keep the peace. But what happens is people want to try you when they see like you go from I'm going to read you for filth to I'm not really going to be sitting here arguing with you. They, I, I don't know if he thought there was like a form of weakness that came over me, but that it was not that. It was just me trying to figure out how can I, maybe if I don't, you know, argue with him, he's going to get it and he's going to stop and they're going to be, you know, we can have peace between us, but that's not what happened. So this is where I'm going to teach y'all about boundaries and opening your mouth and speaking up for yourself. And so I'll never forget the last time he came to our home, 
and he tried to come at me like I don't remember if this man was cursing at me or he just had like a bad attitude like just being nasty and I said let me tell you something I said he 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 was walking through the door saying it and I took my hand and I put it up and I just gently ushered him right back out my door <laughs> I walked him right back out the door and I told him I said you do not ever get to step inside my place again I said you do not know how to speak to me with respect you do not get to walk inside my house I said when you talk to me you will not be cursing at me you will not be yelling at me you're gonna speak to me with respect and so going forward when you come to pick our children up you will stand outside the door and wait on them or you can call me and let me know that you're here and I will send them out but you don't get to come inside my place and disrespect me ever again and I stood on that and going forward I never allowed him back in he could not step inside he could not step inside and I want to point that out to you ladies because so many of you um you're in this, this co-parenting relationship and you're going back and forth with these men and you're cussing them out and you're saying all kinds of things and you're talking reckless and they're doing the same thing and you think you see it as a way of defending yourself and standing up for yourself. To you, you're asserting your power, right? But that I'm going to tell you this, when you allow someone to get you out of character, when you allow someone to have you now start cussing and going as crazy and acting as stupid as they are you've lost your power you've lost your power your power is in the ability to say uh we're not doing this this is where I draw the line these are my boundaries and you are not going to cross it period and not just setting up the boundaries but sticking to them not saying one thing and then the next time he comes back he's back in the house and y'all starting all over again sticking to your boundaries because that's how you maintain your power and your peace. Because one thing he was not about to do was have me out here looking crazy. One thing he was not about to do was have me looking a hot mess in front of our children. And so after that, our conversations were strictly about the kids. If, if there was nothing to say about what was going on with the kids or any updates, there was no conversation to be had. Like literally, that's what it got to so there was so many there was so much tension at the time and I know my children were hurting um, but I was trying to do my best you know when they come home to just like not talk about him not say anything you know like how was your weekend what did y'all do and pretty much that was it so that went on for a little bit and then I had said to him I said hey um, I'm gonna have to move because I'm not getting child support I'm not making money here and LA is too expensive. I don't know if I threw that out there, but we were, I was living in LA. And even if you're living in the hood, it is super expensive. And I was just like, I can't, I'm not going to be able to make it. So I'm going to have to move. At the time, I, me and my sister were really, really close, right? We were like best friends. And so I was going to move out to, you know, where she was. I was going to start over and build from there. Um, well, when I told him that, I soon enough got papers in the mail saying that I have been <laughs> subpoenaed to come to court. This man was taking me to court so that he could take away my primary custody and him have primary custody of the children, meaning that they would no longer live with me. They would go live with him, um, basically taking my kids away from me. 
y'all, I, y'all, the, the hurt, the hurt that I felt when I opened up this, this, this mail and I read this letter, the hurt, the pain, the fear that I felt because there were so many things that went through my mind. Like, first of all, I don't know how to navigate the court system. One, second of all, you're trying to take my kids away from me. Like, this is the air that I breathe, right? And you're trying to take them away for selfish reasons. Like, it's not because I'm not being a good mom. It's not because they're being abused. It's not, it's none of that, you know? It's for selfish reasons. Like, I don't want to pay child support. And now you're saying you, you have to move um, so I'm just going to take them away. Oh my gosh. I just like the thought of this. Like it brings, it, it brings tears to my eyes because that was just such a punch in my gut. Anyway, like I said, I don't know anything about the court systems. I don't know how this works. I just know that this man, he's making pretty good, some good money. Okay, he's making some good money. Um, he's living with this woman. I believe she was making good money as well. And I had nothing. And so I'm just like, God, what am I going to do? And I decided to just start doing my research. Here's the thing. When we are faced with a Goliath, right? A Goliath being something that's like a giant in your life. Something that is trying to take you out you got to get like David, right? <laughs> he only had his little slingshot and some stones, little pebbles, right? But he was strategic. And that's how you have to be when you have situations like this. Like this Goliath for me, my Goliath was having to go to this court, have to go to court one. I can't afford an attorney. So that was not going to happen. Right. And now I got to figure out what the law is and how can I fight to keep my children? Because all I was asking for was some child support to help. If, if I would have gotten that, honestly, you guys, I could have stayed afloat. And so I just started doing my research. I didn't have anybody to help me, but I had the internet. And so just like David, Use what you have. What do you have in your hands? Use that and be strategic with it. So baby, I had a laptop and I had internet. So I'm going to get on and I'm getting on to the court's website and I'm reading everything and I'm trying to figure this out. And the court has it where you can come in. They have certain days and specific times during the day where it's like an open block. And if you can't afford an attorney, you can come in, you can speak to a legal aid and someone that's going to speak to you for free. And they're going to help you and tell you what the law is and what you need to do and so on, what you can expect, right? The issue with that is it's like when you're waiting for a satellite to come. I mean, for someone to come in and put some satellite service in for you or some internet service in, and they're going to give you a time block where it's like, oh yeah, someone should be there between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., right? <laughs> You just got to sit and wait. <laughs> no telling. No telling when they're going to show up. And that's what it was like with the court. It was like, yeah, like we have, say, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. on this day, that day, that day. You can come in and you're going to go on such and such a floor and you're going to just 
sign in and sit and wait until someone is available to speak to you. Hey, it's not what I wanted to do, but I didn't have a choice because baby, I was not about to let this giant take me out. I was not. And so I got up and I think it was like three days out of the week that they had it available. And I I would show up every time and I'm like, hey, this is what my situation is. I'm getting all the tea. I'm taking all the notes. I got my notebook. I'm writing down everything. They're writing down things for me. They're saying like, hey, you need to go speak to this person. Go get this letter letter, um, from such and such to speak on your character. And they just they're telling me everything like this is how the law works. And basically, you know everything and I'm soaking in all the information I'm I'm doing this and I'm doing it while I am so afraid like when I when I tell y'all me talking about it right now I keep getting like goosebumps over my body because I can remember just being so like god I don't know how this is gonna turn out but I can't lose my kids And it's not just out of like selfishness, like I need the kids for myself, but I knew what kind of environment my children would be in with me, regardless of me not making a lot of money versus with their dad, who is making good money. But for me, the importance was the morals, the values that they were being taught in the home. That's what's important to me is their peace in the home. Are these children happy? Are they being well taken care of? Not monetarily not just monetarily but mentally and emotionally and spiritually like what are you feeding them that that was what was important for me so I can't lose my babies because who's gonna who's gonna teach them these things and so I I did everything that they told me to do and again I didn't have an attorney he didn't have an attorney either and we both went in there um and we both had to speak for ourselves huh, you're standing up in front of this judge and you're trying to tell him why um, these children are better off with you and you're trying not just better off with you, but you are also asking for permission to leave the state with the children because that is the only way you can see yourself being able to create a better life for them, right? And you know, when you're going, in case you guys don't know, when you go into to cases like this, they want all your information. Like, how much money are you making? How long have you been working at this place? Like, what are you doing? Like, they want everything. So they saw how much he was making compared to what I was making. They had everything in front of them. But again, I moved. I kept moving forward. I was fearful as heck. But I want to tell you guys this. And for those of you that don't know, I am a life coach to women. A lot of the women that I speak to when they're going through situations like this, when they're going through court cases and uh, custody battles or dealing with child support or whatever it is, when they come and tell me about the situation and I'm talking to them and I'm giving them advice on what to do and how to move forward, I keep hearing, Nikki, I can't do it because I'm not as strong as you. I keep hearing that. I'm not as strong as you. I don't think I'll be able to do this. I don't, I think I should just give up. I want to say this, okay? And I need y'all to hear me loud and clear when I say this. It's not about me being strong. (laughs) It is not, I promise you, it is not about me being strong. I am as fearful as the next person, okay? You put a giant in front of me, you put a Goliath in front of me, I feel the same emotions. I'm nervous, I'm anxious, I'm frustrated, I'm scared, I'm hurt. I'm feeling everything that you feel. But 
I choose every time to not give my fear more power than my faith. I refuse to give my fear more power than my faith. So I feel the fear because I'm a human being. I feel the fear, but my faith is going to be stronger, right? So even though I'm afraid and I don't know how this is going to turn out, I know who I believe in and I know who my creator is. And so I'm going to lean on him, right? Even when I have times where I'm just like, oh my God, I don't know. God, I don't know if you're about to come through this time. I don't know. But all I can do is trust you and I'm going to keep moving forward. And having faith does not mean that you're just going to believe that everything's going to work out fine and you sit on your tail. No, having faith means I'm believing that God's going to come through for me and I'm going to get up and do my part. You still have to get up and do your part. So that means that you're going to be sitting in that courthouse for half the day waiting for somebody to talk to you. You're going to do that. If it means that you're going to be doing your research or you're going to be reaching out to people to write letters, you know, speaking on your character or whatever it is, you're going to get up. You're going to do everything. You're not going to leave one stone unturned. But you're going to do it walking in fear. And that's what courage is. So I just wanted to say that to you guys. Like we all have it within us. It's just a matter of choosing. Which one do you choose? Do you choose to be in fear and let that overtake you? Or do you choose to rely on your faith and let that give you the strength to keep pushing through? So anyway, we go to the court and I win. (laughs) The judge is like, oh. You know, mom can take the kids. Mom keeps um, primary custody of the kids. All the great things. I'm excited. I've won. And I'm thinking like, this is great. Like, I can breathe at the end of the school year. I'm getting my kids out of here. And we're going to start over. We're going to start fresh. Life is going to be better. Unfortunately, the story doesn't end there. And although I won that case... Your girl got summoned back to court a second time. Because I don't want to make this episode too long. We're just going to stop it here. Um, So you definitely want to tune in next week as I tell you guys about what it was like having to go back to court. Not only a second time, but this time he has an attorney that's supposed to be a really good attorney. And um, this court date is legit set on my birthday. (laughs) But before I close this out, I want to just share at least this one lesson, this one lesson that I've learned from this, right? And I, I want you guys to walk away with this today and for the the rest of the week, um, for the rest of your lives, okay? Ladies, it is so easy for us to succumb to the pressure of our situation. It is so easy to want to say, I can't do this and I'm just going to give up because this is too much for me, especially when this is something new, something you've never dealt with, something that nobody around you has never dealt with, or you are going through this process alone. Cause y'all, I went through this process alone. I went through this process alone and it's so easy to succumb to the pressure and feel like you can't do it. But what I have learned is that we as women we are so much more powerful than we realize. And it's not a matter of, oh, you're a strong woman and, you know, you can handle anything. That's not what I'm saying. But there's so many times that we don't believe in ourselves and we look at 
the fact that I am a woman and I don't have the same resources as these men and I I'm not as powerful as him because he makes this amount of money and he knows these people and whatever your excuse is it causes a lot of us to decide to fall back and not fight for what is rightfully ours and fighting doesn't look like being out there yelling and cussing nobody out Fighting looks like getting up and using your resources, figuring out what's in your hand. What is in my hand that I can use? Fighting looks like digging into your faith. Who is your God? Who Who is it that you believe in? Because you have to have a belief in something that is higher than you. Fighting looks like getting up every day and saying like, I am tired. God, I'm tired. I don't want to do this anymore. But I'm going to do one more thing today that's going to help me. It is making sure you use all your resources. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You don't have to cuss nobody out. You don't have to get on social media and tell people what you're going through. You just have to choose to get up every day and put one foot in front of the other. So let me wrap this up. (laughs) Please come back next week for uh, part two of this story. Um, But I definitely want to leave you guys with a Bible verse before I go. And also, I want to remind you, if you haven't already done so, please follow the podcast so that whenever I drop, you get that notification. Also, if you haven't had the chance to yet, please rate the podcast and share it with one of your homegirls. I know each and every one of you knows someone that can use the lessons from these stories. So um outside of that i want you guys to have a wonderful week know that i love you and here is today's scripture and it's coming from psalm 91 verse 14 through 15 the lord says i will rescue those who love me i will protect those who trust in my name when they call on me i will answer i will be with them in trouble i will rescue and honor them be blessed y'all